It's a new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. Here's what the National League East and American League East teams are going to vow to do in 2023. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And let's start off with the National League East. New Year's resolutions for each team. We're going to go in order of finish because that kind of feels like that's how it should work. So your division winner, the Atlanta Braves, come in at 101 and 61. Last year, lost the National League Divisional Series three games to one. A resolution for the Atlanta Braves in 2023 is figure out that next generation of clubhouse leaders. You've seen the Atlanta Braves now over the last couple seasons do an exceptional job at signing a lot of their young talent to what some people consider to be under market extensions, whether it's Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Michael Harris, and Spencer Strider. They locked up. Obviously, in the past, they'd already locked up Ozzie Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. We just saw them trade for Sean Murphy and then sign him to a five- or six-year deal. Club options, no opt-out. Everybody who signed long-term on the Braves is not making more than $22 million in any year uh, that's guaranteed under the contract under the Braves right now. Uh, A lot of cost certainty going forward. But at the same time, we've seen a couple notable players not sign extensions and leave in free agency. 2021, coming out of the lockout, we saw Freddie Freeman uh, end up signing with the Dodgers over Atlanta. The money was close, but they couldn't quite seem to make it work, and he went to L.A. 2022 offseason, we see, obviously, Dansby Swanson to the Cubs, and from everything that we've seen, everything that we understand, that he was willing, Dansby was willing to take a significant discount to stay with Atlanta. But Atlanta still couldn't come close to the money that the Cubs were offering. I want to say the Braves were somewhere around five for 110 or so, which is kind of right in that 22 million a year window, somewhere around there, where the Cubs were, I think, six for 177. So nowhere close. Dansby leaves. And so in two off seasons, in consecutive off seasons, you lose your veteran clubhouse leader who at the time was your longest tenured Brave. Freddie Freeman was the longest tenured Brave. He was the last of the baby Braves when they all came up together. And then right after that, Dansby Swanson became the longest tenured Brave, and then he leaves in free agency as well. So the Atlanta Braves' uh, New Year's resolution needs to be to figure out who was going to be that clubhouse leader uh, that you lost in Freddie Freeman and then in Dansby Swanson. Uh, There's been some talk about Travis Darno. Now that Matt Olson is in his second year, there's a chance he's a steady veteran presence in the clubhouse. Austin Riley is another guy who's been there for quite a while, and then you have the combination of Ozzie Albies and Ronald Acuna. So there's plenty of options, but you just they just need to figure out who that person's going to be. The New York Mets also finished last year 101-61, and but lost a tiebreaker to the Braves, so lost a division, and they lost in the wildcard series 2-1. to And I think the New Year's resolution for the New York Mets is Pretty obvious at this point. Win the National League East and make the World Series. 
you don't spend the amount of money that the New York Mets have spent, whether it's bringing in Justin Verlander on a massive $43 million a year deal, same as Scherzer, whether it's bringing back some of your free agents, signing free agents, going out and getting Carlos Correa after the Giants fail him on the physical. And as of the time of recording this, we don't actually know if the Correa to the Mets stuff is figured out yet. I'm assuming it's going to be as we do this. But you don't spend all of that money if you don't have the intention to win now. Uh, This is the window. You have two pitchers over the age of 40 that are the aces of your rotation in Scherzer and Verlander. You are absolutely in your contention window right now. And the resolution, the goal for the Mets needs to be World Series or bust. So not a ton that we're going to do there, but obviously this is what you're looking at is you're looking at let's make the World Series. For the Philadelphia Phillies, who just came off the World Series, I think right here, your resolution, there's probably two things that you're looking to do. And number one is stay alive until Bryce Harper comes back. Obviously, having having the surgery that he has had, uh, you know, had Tommy John surgery, but not being a pitcher, the return is a little bit shorter. He had the surgery November 23rd. And the conversation was about would it be the trade deadline before they got him back? Word are like word is they think it, it could be June or July when they get him back. But in the meantime, you're in the situation of you have Brandon Marsh in center. You're having to play both Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos in the field until you get Bryce Harper back. Getting Bryce Harper back gives you another dimension in this lineup, in this outfield and gives you better defense in the outfield to go along with the improved infield defense that you get from signing Trey Turner for short and moving Bryson Stott to second base. If it ends up taking longer than you expect, the other New Year's resolution for the Phillies should be uh, figure out what to do with the soon-to-be expiring contracts of Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Aaron Nola's a free agent in 2024. Zach Wheeler's a free agent in 2025. Uh, you did just sign Taiwan Walker, but you've signed plenty of pitchers. You have a bunch of prospects coming up. We'll get to the prospects in the third segment, but uh, there are plenty of like there. There is a, an avenue here to keep one of those pitchers on a longer term deal. Or the Miami Marlins, the New Year's resolution has to be: Can we finally, for the love of goodness, figure out center field? A projected center fielder as of the end of December, Ryan De La Cruz. Outside of that, you you acquire uh, Jake Mangum from the Mets, but you haven't necessarily found that center fielder of the future, whether it's a trade for Ryan Reynolds, whether it's a trade for Cedric Mullins. There is an outfield option out there, and the Marlins need to finally figure out an, an option at center field who can provide both offense and defense. I do think there is a situation where you can make a trade with one of those teams that has one of those center fielders. Like again, like we talked about, like a, like an Orioles, like a pirates. Maybe you reach out to the brewers and look at all of the outfield talent they have and get a prospect there and return for Pablo Lopez. But there is an option to find a center fielder. And then, the Washington Nationals, 55 and 107, 46 games back in the division. Uh, I think the solution here, obviously, let the kids play. 
and hopefully don't lose 100 games while you're doing it. I mean, you lost 107 last year, but it's something where, I mean, you right now that you have every ability to just put in as many prospects as you can. C.J. Abrams is going to be your starting shortstop. Joey Minnesee, who is about 30 or 31, will be your starting first baseman. Uh, but Alex Call, call him up, let him play left field. Jake Alou can be your DH. You can start bringing up some of these top pitching prospects that you've had. What we need to do here is we need to figure out which of these kids can play at the big league level, and we need to start getting them experience. And the goal is just don't lose 100 games while you're doing it because you have a lot of talent in this farm system. As we discussed on la- last week, you're considered to be one of the top five most improved farm systems. There's talent in here. Let's get it into games and let's let these kids sink or swim. And the goal was just don't lose 100 games while you're doing it. And just a minute, I want to get to the American League East, some of their New, new Year's resolutions. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs, your sports info, your news, your analysis. You can get odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. Uh, Pro football, we just finished up week 17. We have, for the first time ever, a week 18. And then, boom, we're in the playoffs. College bowl season. We just saw the college football playoff games. We're going to have a national championship coming up soon. Basketball, the NBA, college basketball, going full tilt right now. I think men and women are both going on in college. Uh, as we're getting into conference play now in the beginning of January, they've got everything at betaline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more from the fastest and easiest way to get betting info, BetOnline, because that's where the game starts. Okay, so New Year's resolutions for the American League East. There's a couple different Again, we're going to go in order of how the teams finished. So the New York Yankees, obviously number one. Uh, 99 and 63, they lost the ALCS four games to none to Houston. But the goal here, I think their New Year's resolution for this year should be start the youth movement while still contending. You brought back Aaron Judge. You signed Carlos Rodon. You re-signed Anthony Rizzo. You've made the movement to, to keep the main core of the team intact. And so what you need to do now is start integrating some of these top prospects. In an ideal world, Oswald Peraza breaks spring training as the starting shortstop. Sometime soon, Anthony Volpe is up at second base. Uh, hopefully by the end of the year or the beginning of next year, or at least By the end of the year, you have a picture of when to expect Jason Dominguez because Harrison Bader does hit the end of his team control. He's got five years of service time entering 2023. So you're only guaranteed one more year of him. And I think at this point, it's very obvious that you are still contending. You are not going to not contend as long as you have Aaron Judge. You don't spend that much money on Aaron Judge without the intention of being contenders every single year, but you need to start the youth movement because you need to figure out the next wave of guys. Again, Rizzo is 33. Josh Donaldson is 37. Uh, your, your catchers, Jose Trevino is 30. Higgy is 32. DJ LeMayhew is 34. Like you're, you're, You have older guys in this lineup 
and it's time and you have a lot of top prospects, it's time to figure out which ones of them can come in. By the middle of the year, I expect to see Anthony Volpe, if not earlier. It'd be a situation where he can he can be your second baseman. You have the option to move a DJ LeMahieu, the option to move an Isaiah Kiner Falefa, the option to move a Gleyber Torres if you want once you see some of these prospects. Oswaldo Cabrera is another guy that, again, we think should be the starting left fielder, but could play anywhere across the diamond. So plenty of options that can give you high-level performances. You just have to get them integrated, have to get them into this team. Uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays, Sneaky good offseason. We've talked about it quite a bit. Then they just went, traded Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. for Dalton Varsho, as well as signing Chris Bassett and Kevin Kiermeyer. The goal should be win a postseason game. Uh, you went 92-70 and 70 last year and lost the wildcard series 2-0 to the Seattle Mariners. If not, won a postseason game since 2016. And so, very simple. You have a lineup that is projected to win now. Kevin Kiermaier is on a one-year deal. I do think you have the ability to slot Dalton Varsho into center field once Kiermaier leaves in free agency, if he does leave in free agency and does not sign again or re-sign. Whit Merrifield, I believe, is coming up soon. He's thirty, almost 34 years old. I think he's coming up soon on free agency. You've got Matt Chapman has five years of service time. Vlad Guerrero is hitting arbitration. Bo Bichette is hitting arbitration. Danny Jansen is in arbitration. This team's going to get more expensive. So this is your window right now. You have a combination of young players with some cost certainty and veterans who are coming up on the end of your control. Now is the window to make the postseason and win a postseason game. Your resolution for 2023 should be win a postseason game. Flip side of that, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, 86 and 76 last year, 13 games back. Uh, the, the New Year's resolution for the Tampa Bay Rays should be to get Wander Franco back into the MVP conversation. Uh, fantastic talent, got a long-term extension before he even came up. And you have, there's always, there's always another player in Tampa Bay. You always have plenty of options. Like, when you take Wander Franco out of this lineup, you can play Taylor Walls at second. I'm sorry, at, at shortstop. You've got plenty of guys. But nobody can impact the game quite like Wander Franco can. And last year's flash line, 277, 328, 417, uh, with six home runs and 340 at-bats, is not indicative of Wander Franco's true talent level. When Wander Franco is healthy and is firing on all cylinders, he can be an MVP-type talent that can carry this team to the playoffs. The question is just, what is it going to take to get him there? And what kind of team, what kind of support can you put behind him? Uh, there's a possibility Jonathan Aranda's your first baseman, trying to get you some power at first. I'd love to see Kyle Manzardo. I don't quite think it's time for that. I think it's a little bit too early to see him to open the year at first base. But you've got Brandon Lau is healthy. You have power at second base. Jose Ciro, Siri really picked it up at the end of the year as far as your starting center fielder. Uh, you have a good lineup. You have a Good mix of veterans, like a 31-year-old Yandy Diaz at third, or a 31-year-old Christian Bethencourt behind the plate, with young players like a 22-year-old Wander Franco, uh, like a 27-year-old Randy Rosarena. You have a nice combination of prospects and veteran leadership, uh, and 
a fantastic rotation anchored by Shane McClanahan, Tyler Glasnow, Drew Resmussen, great rotation. And so now is the time to for Wander to get back to the Wander Franco that we all thought he was when he received that massive extension. Baltimore Orioles, 83 and 79 last year, 16 games back. Easy nearest resolution, make the postseason. There is an opportunity now in this division with New York not significantly improving in free agency. Yes, they brought in Carlos Rodon. That rotation is more formidable, but they are spending more money and did not add a ton of players. There is, there is definitely an opening here for Baltimore to make the playoffs. Now, I wish Baltimore had done more in free agency, but they're kind of prepared to, to get another year of some of these guys. You added Adam Frazier on a, on a one-year deal to play second base. You traded for James McCann to be your backup catcher to Adley Rutschman, but you'll get a full year out of Adley, a full year out of Gunnar Henderson, a full year out of Kyle Stowers. You have guys you can call up like a Colton Kowser. And so there's plenty of youth here. There's enough pitching options in a Kyle Gibson and a Kyle Bradish. And then you're obviously going to call Grayson Rodriguez up where this should be the New Year's resolution should be make the postseason. You may not win the division. You may be a wild card, but make the postseason on the backs of these fantastic rookies. And for the Boston Red Sox, the only New Year's resolution that matters, I think, to your fans that will save you uh, from having the entire fan base turn on you, extend Rafael Devers. When Heim Bloom took over this team as the general manager, you had Mookie Betts, you had Xander Bogarts, and you've turned both of those guys into Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, who you DFA'd and is now a member of the Washington Nationals, and the compensatory pick you're going to get for Xander Bogarts. And so you have no option but to re-sign Raphael Devers. That should be the only goal this year. The Red Sox could lose 90 games, which last year was 78 and 84, 21 games back, but the Red Sox could lose 90 games. If you extend Rafi, you've probably hit your biggest goal that you had for 2023. So. Get it done. It's got to happen. In just a minute, I want to go over all 10 of these teams and the most likely prospect or the most likely rookie that's going to impact that squad in 2023 right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So when we're looking at the National League East and the American League East and we're trying to figure out the most impactful rookies of 2023, Really interesting trying to figure it out. Uh, For the Atlanta Braves, their obvious hole that they have is shortstop and left field. Von Grissom is the most likely person who's going to fill that hole at short, but Von Grissom does not have rookie eligibility. So I've got two options. If the Atlanta Braves successfully put Von Grissom at short, if he works out uh, offensively, defensively, and all of that, then it feels like you're likely rookie of the year vote getter if you are to have one and the Braves just about always have one is starting pitcher Jared Schuster has not yet pitched in the bigs in Atlanta he's the he's the only one of those pitchers in the minors that has not you've got Ian Anderson finished the year in AAA Bryce Elder's been up a little bit Darius Vines was up a little bit Kobe Allard who you got in trade from Texas isn't a prospect anymore but Jared Schuster feels like the one to me 
number one prospect in the system right now with the trade of Kyle Muller. Uh, feels like if you, if it's not a, uh, if, if Von Grissom works out, Jared Schuster is probably your vote getter and rookie of the year. If Von Grissom doesn't work out, Braden Shoemake, the shortstop in AAA, may be your vote, your best vote getter for rookie of the year. He's a guy who's considered defensively to absolutely have what it takes, but there's questions about the offense and how well he would hit at the big league level. For the New York Mets, especially after the James McCann trade, seems pretty obvious. Catcher Francisco Alvarez is probably going to be the most impactful rookie. Uh, this is, again, assuming the Carlos Correa signing goes through and he's playing third base. Uh, you have a position change in order for Brett Beatty to get on the field, and it would be Brett Beatty playing some left field. Uh, your outfield as of now, when you look at it, Starling Marte in right, Brandon Nimmo in center. Mark Canna's kind of penciled in as your left fielder at the moment. I absolutely could see a situation, you know, or Darren Ruff's the other option. I could see a situation where Brett Beatty comes up and is your is your left fielder, but it feels like it'll take a little while in the season before that would happen. And so the thought process definitely is Francisco Alvarez coming up, being the other catcher along with Omar Narvaez uh, and in lieu of Thomas Nito and providing DH at bats and a platoon basis with Daniel Vogelback. So probably getting into three or four games a week, being a pinch hitter late, things like that. For the Philadelphia Phillies, starting pitcher Andrew Painter. Let's not make this tough. He's one of the best pitching prospects in all of baseball. He's also one of the youngest but he's the most prepared of the baby aces to come up next year. And like we mentioned, Aaron Nola's contract, he's a free agent in 2024. Zach Wheeler is a free agent in 2025. There's a very good possibility you're going to need Andrew Painter to be comfortable at the end of next year because you will be losing key pieces of your rotation soon after that. Speaking of pitchers for the Miami Marlins, uh, starting pitcher Yuri Perez, another one of the probably top 10 pitching prospects in baseball and a guy that we absolutely need to see uh, in the bigs so that he can begin to figure out how you're going to replace Pablo Lopez when either you trade him or he moves on, uh, and he can give you somebody else who can give great quality innings alongside Sandy Alcantara. Uh, speaking of pitching, Washington Nationals, you saw him for one game in the bigs last year before, I think it was a shoulder or an elbow injury, but Cade Cavalli. One of your top pitching prospects, a lot of your talent is a year or two away, but pitchers always feel like they take longer to adjust to the big leagues than hitters do. And so getting Cade Cavalli up as the first one of those pitchers should be one of the organizational goals in 2023. I imagine everything works out correctly. He is in your rotation on opening day. Not your opening day starter, but in your rotation on opening day so that he can get that that learning curve behind him and can be one of your rotation anchors in 2024 and beyond. When you look at the American League East, some of the impact rookies there, as much as I want to give the Yankees Anthony Volpe as an impact rookie, I don't think he'll be up to start the season. Uh, it feels like you have enough options at the major league level. And you already have Oswald Peraza, who is up and on the 40-man roster. It feels like Oswald Peraza is going to be the more impactful rookie for the full season. I feel like he's going to get more time than Anthony Volpe. Again, as we saw last year, he can play shortstop. 
I'd argue better than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Uh, he can hit, I'd argue, better than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. And if the Yankees know what's good for them, he is the starting shortstop. And once they, it feels like because you're trying to contend, you have to contend right now. If you're paying this much for Aaron Judge, you have to contend. It feels like you transition one at a time. You transition Peraza into shortstop. Once you've done that, you then call up Volpe and transition Volpe into second base. They probably don't want two rookies in the lineup back to back along with a young guy in Oswaldo Cabrera and have the three of them in the lineup back to back to back. It feels like you, they probably want to stagger the entries simply so that they can make sure that they have the offense and they're contending the entire season. So Peraza first, once Peraza's comfortable, then you call up Volpe and you, and by the end of the year, you have two or three young players replacing some of those older players in the lineup. For the Toronto Blue Jays, really torn on this one. Uh, it's going to be a pitcher. If it's a starter, it's probably Yosver Zulueta. Uh, very, very good pitcher, but you have a great rotation already. I do think there is runway for Nate Pearson to make an impact in the bullpen right now. Very good pitcher. We've seen him struggle a little bit as a starter. Uh, they've used him more in relief. I think his future is, is as a medium to high impact reliever in the back of the bullpen. Uh, the Blue Jays did add quite a bit of quality relief pitching, whether it was via trade, whether it's free agency, they went out, they got Eric Swanson. You've got Jordan Romano as your closer, but lots of relievers, Anthony Bass, Yumi Garcia, Adam Simber, plenty of options in there, but you can never have enough relief pitchers. I feel like there is definitely an opening for Nate Pearson to come in, but first time somebody gets hurt, come in, give quality innings, and then end up being a dude. For the Tampa Bay Rays, I'm a little torn here on who it's going to be. My, my, my heart says starting pitcher Taj Bradley. Unleash Taj Bradley. Give me one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. Give me Taj Bradley at the major league level. My, my head says it's probably a position player like Curtis Mead, like an infielder. But again, I want to believe it's going to be Taj Bradley because he is one of the five best pitching prospects in baseball. He is absolutely wonderful. It seems kind of a slam dunk to do that. For the Baltimore Orioles. This is very easy. It's either going to be shortstop Gunnar Henderson, who was the consensus number one prospect exiting last year, got a cup of coffee last year, or it's going to be pitcher Grayson Rodriguez, who is seen as the number one pitching prospect in baseball. Uh, this is why I think Rookie of the Year should have a position player award and a pitcher award. We saw what happened with the Braves. Michael Harris and Spencer Strider were one and two. I really think it would benefit everybody to have a, a rookie of the year pitcher award. Grayson Rodriguez can get that. And a position player rookie of the year award, Gunnar Henderson can get that. For the Boston Red Sox, the easy answer is Tristan Cassis. It came up the end of last year. We saw there was not a ton of first base production from the Red Sox last year. They tried, they went out and got Eric Hosmer, ended up DFAing for him. He cleared waivers and was completely released despite the fact he is completely free. The Padres are paying every penny of his contract. But Bobby Dahlbeck didn't produce that well. He's actually a third baseman that's kind of miscast as a first baseman. Uh, and so Tristan Cassis got a little bit of time last year. I want to say he got around 32 or so days on the roster. But he's going to be the opening first baseman. Uh, and I expect him to, to perform well next year. Stick with us tomorrow. We've got the National League and American League Central. 
And don't forget, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm, or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Till tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.